Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two, part one of Chucky Talks. I'm Alex Vincent. And I'm Christine Elise. Hi, Christine. How are you today? I'm well. Alex, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm doing really well. Styling hoodie you got on there. I know. I'm styling. Uh, some Chucky Talks uh, merch from a uh, very talented person who sent me some this new sweatshirt. Love it. Now an old hooker. Is that where you are? <laughs> um, so we're a week in now. We finished episode one, part one and part two. This is the second episode. That was a lot of work to get that first one out. But man, it was fun. It was fun. I'm proud of what we did. I think it came out really well. So yes, this is episode two, part one. The reason why we're splitting it up like that is because we want our breakdowns for each episode to correspond with the episode of our podcast. Had we named this episode 12 of our podcast and we were talking about episode six, it would get confusing. So there's methods to our madness, promise. Uh, on this episode, our interview is with Teo Brionis, who plays Junior Wheeler, and Lexa Doig, who plays Brie Wheeler. Uh, and we had a great time chatting with them. We're happy to share this interview with you. Uh, before we get into that, though, I wanted to talk to you about, you know, in episode one, we discussed our auditions initially for Child's Play 2 and how we found our way to that. Uh, and it made me think about auditioning in general, coincided with the fact that I had my first audition in like 25 years this past week. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I was auditioning all the time in New York City, commercials, print, all the time, driving from Jersey into, into New York to audition. When I was like 17, 18, I thought I was going to give this a shot again and quickly realized that I'd have to take off of work, pay for gas, parking, and tolls to go to New York City and audition. And uh wasn't in me at the time to make that kind of sacrifice. Um, nowadays, uh, taped auditions are becoming more and more common. No, they are the standard. That's all it's the standard is. now. Yeah, it's all taped, um, which has its advantages and its disadvantages. You know, um, what do you think about making that transition as an actress going to tape from these in-person auditions? Um, well, there was a transition that went, it used to be back in the day, it was all live. And if anyone wanted to have an opinion on whether you were cast, they had to physically be in the room with you when you did your audition. Then they were doing that, but they were also taping it. I thought that was the perfect hybrid. So if, they, if you do a really great job in an audition and they say, for example, they bring you back to network to be a series regular and you blow it in the room because it's the ner your nerves are so at such a high pitch, they have this tape of why they brought you. So there's a backup a performance of, you know, that proves you can do it uh, when nerves aren't, nerves aren't killing you. The live room has gone away entirely now. I mean, it was pretty much gone even before COVID self-tapes were already becoming the thing and um the disadvantage and now because of COVID it's fully that's it um from from my perspective I do better in a room even though I'm wildly nervous I get like I mean I'm a I can't overstate to you how nervous I get I um, understand <laughs> yeah I know I know like like fucking diarrhea and uh like fucking yeah. panic you know yeah. tmi but the truth and um i've learned <laughs> one of my greatest acting abilities is to 
is to act like I'm not that nervous. And I, I've seen myself, I've seen my own tapes and I, I know how afraid I was. And I look and I can, even I know what to look for and I don't see my nerves. And I know how afraid I was and I've, I've learned to mask it. Now I trust that I can mask it. But for me, the advantage of getting to do it at home and getting to do it over and over again until it's perfect and getting to pick which take they ever see is not as much of a help for me as I think I'm a more dynamic person in a room. I think that they get no sense of your personality. They don't, they don't have any, like they don't talk to you. There's no talk, there's no conversation, which there used to always be. What are you doing? And if you had like some, some funny thing happened to you on the way to the audition, you could tell the anecdote. And, uh, and then you get the opportunity, they could say that was really great, but this character is funnier or meaner or whatever. Uh, do it again this way and they adjust you and they can see whether you can take direction and then they can have you do it a different way. Um, that, that, that's gone entirely now too. So if you don't give them what they want, there's no chance to fix that. And yeah. the jobs that I've gotten, I also tend to be a, not a mainstream choice for things. I'm kind of a controversial choice. I always have been and I remain so. So historically, I was benefited by the fewer people involved in making the decision. If there was three people in a room and they were the ones, the only ones that saw me do it, so they had to be the only ones that could say whether I got the job or not, I was much more likely to get the job. Now they tape it. I send my tape to my agents. I don't have any guarantee that my agents will forward it to the casting director. They will. They have multiple clients for the same role, so they could weed me out before the casting director even sees it, which I won't even know. And the casting director has the same opportunity. He can also he she or he can also cut me from the mix and forward like the top ten people, and I was the eleventh. So I don't know. I could do all this work, and then nobody ever sees it except my agent. And then, assuming you do get put forward by the casting director this it's uploaded to a link and every fucking asshole on earth who has a has an opinion can express it about your appoint your your audition and for me that's a great disadvantage because there's always going to be a couple a couple of people that don't like me and uh just inevitably i just i'm I, i'm all someone's always going to say no to me in every room so I, I i don't like it i wish it would go back to the old way yeah i mean you covered so many of my thoughts about it, but that's true. I think I think that the advantage to being in that room and showing yourself as you're presenting a character to someone is to them to see that it kind of gives validity to your character when it's so different from you, you know, and, and you have that opportunity to show that. Whereas if it's a tape where it's kind of right to the point of the character, they're not really getting to know you and what the experience of working with you might be if they don't know you yet. And I think that that is a, a disadvantage, but yes, the, uh, the nerves, the pressure of it, like I did this taped audition the other day and um, I was able to not be nervous about it. And I think that that is because I felt a little more in control of the situation, which is a great thing. Um, you get better out of yourself when the nerves aren't impacting your performance, mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, honestly, that that's, one of the biggest obstacles uh, of uh, performing, I think, is to just be comfortable in your own space. You, if you're not, it's difficult to uh, give your best. And, and, and in, a, in a film, when you already have the job, that's easier to separate than when you, you have the weight of this opportunity on your shoulders in an audition, for me. Right. But... I, my experience is different that in that too, in that there's an urgency that comes from the nerves that um, yeah. and you, know, you get, you can do it once and they, they, 
maybe you didn't do it all what they wanted, but they just know physically you're not going to get the job. So you just don't let you do it again. You can ask to do things again. Sometimes they'll let you do it again. Um, but you mostly don't. It's like you shoot one shot and that's it. It's like, okay, great, bye. I can do it again. No, that was good, bye. Um, so that urgency gives energy to a performance that can disappear when you're in your own kitchen or your living room um, with your mom or your girlfriend or something reading lines and they're, you have no sense of the stakes really. And I think that that's also a disadvantage for me. And I read with my mother who's a horrible actress. She can't even fucking read the page. She can't even read the dialogue. Like she, I'll do a take and I wait for her to say her line back and she doesn't. She's busy like staring at me or whatever. And I, I you, you can't edit the audition. So if I do this, Gail, fucking say the line. <laughs> I look insane. Just sit, like I have to start over again now. And so that's, it's a whole fucking thing. I hate it. That's great though. Uh, that's, that's, I love your mom. I love your family. Um, another advantage to being in a live room, I, I sort of covered it, but here's an actual anecdote uh, about an actual experience of mine. I read for some, it was for uh, Sean Patrick Flannery's show called The Strip. And I was auditioning to play a detective that was going to be his love interest in a bunch of episodes. And I did it. I read for it. And the, one of the producers, they're like, okay, great. That was great. And one of the producers was like falling asleep. I'm like, it couldn't have been that good. This fucker's falling asleep. <laughs> and they were like, oh my God, do it like that. Give that attitude to the character. And I got the job. But if I hadn't done that, then I wouldn't have, you know? So, I mean, I've fucked up things. I've, I've done things like I'm the audition is I'm someone's beating me up and I have to do all this physical like pantomime and ah, like, oh my God, no. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Just to uh, make fun of, how ridiculous I feel yes, yeah. Shit that doesn't help. They, I never get those jobs. And one time I did, I read for some mafia thing and all the, you know, 17 syllable Italian names, like any questions about these names? Uh, and I said, yeah. And they go, is it, you know, Sharapa and da da da. And it, it was, they were right about the two that I had to say, but I, but they'd already said them for me. So I had the information. So I, I go, no, not those. This one here, J-O-H-N. How do you say that? And they were like, John. No, it was a joke. And they were like, yeah, you can go home now. <laughs> well, that's, that's part of it too, is, you know, you, as actors, you rehearse and you, we're almost all analytical people who think about our every move, especially when you know that it's going to be on camera and you can anticipate so many things about an audition, but you cannot anticipate the energy of the casting director, the people that are there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that could throw you off real quick, especially when they're dismissive. Uh, and when, if they're seeing so many people in a day and they're kind of fed up and tired or didn't have lunch or whatever their thing is, and maybe they're not that welcoming of a person to begin with, uh, it could break down your comfortability real quick if the energy is not good in the room. Yes, and yes. And also a reality of actual live auditions is you can often hear the people auditioning ahead of you because the, the walls are thin. I fucking hate hearing what somebody else is doing. So I tend to go outside so I can't hear them because I get all in my head about it, my choices that I've made. But one time a girl did an audition and then they talk, she was in there forever. They fucking love this girl. Like you could just tell they're ah ha ha. She opens the door and the whole room's like ah ha ha. And when she walked out and they called me in, I said, I feel really bad for that girl. Obviously she blew it. <laughs> <laughs> and she really hadn't, you know? And that didn't work either. <laughs> My comedy is unpopular. <laughs> <laughs>
you mentioned uh, about you know Gail not being a great actress. Made me think. Uh, how many times in in your auditioning career did you get to audition with an actor that was already on the project? Um, a couple of times. I read with uh, the kid on Party of Five, the the younger brother, um, as a chemistry read and mm -hmm. get the job. I thought for sure I'd get the job because I was blonde at the time and everybody in that fucking show was a brunette. There's like 8 million brunettes. I'm like, they got to cast a blonde eventually and I don't think they ever fucking did. Uh, he was not, he was a friend of a friend though. He knew Grant show and Grant show was about one of my best friends for a while. And he told him that it went really well, but they, they went with a brunette. Um, more often I have gotten the job and I'm, I'm doing the chemistry read with the person who's the other part. And the most sort of fun one was I got a job, early job uh, called Boiling Point. It was not called that at the time, but it's called that now. And I read with a bunch of people and, uh, and then they cast Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> and I got to play, I got, I, I got the job before Vigo had the job, which was fun. But my fire show, uh, I did a show called LA Firefighters and I, I got the job was written for me. The, the role was written for me and gifted to me by a friend that I'd worked with before. And I did the, and it's, it, it's an interesting experience to be on the side of not the power of being on its cast already is amazing, but more intriguing. It's a, a really rare window into seeing other actors audition and watch the mistakes they make and watch them be nervous and let their nerves show or watch their people who like to pantomime the driving and they do this stuff and they hold a fake, like you, if you can, as an, in an audition, if you can possibly not do any of the pantomime, they suggest you should not do it. And, no, and nobody drives like this, by the way. Just have it, you know, just pretend you, that you're parked in the car or something. Um, and one girl did it. There was a crying scene for, these, for the role that I, I didn't have to cry, but the character opposite me did. So all these girls had to come in and do this crying thing. And one girl just did, like, this is, a, like, this is the worst fake crying ever. It was like, and then my mother died. And I was <laughs> like, it was impossible. Like that just I was like biting my lip. I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna I'm gonna burst into hysterical laughter. This is the worst acting I've ever seen in my fucking life. And that actress was Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I didn't get too many opportunities to audition with an actor from the film. I mean, obviously that happens a little more in callbacks and and like um yeah, chemistry read and stuff like that. But there was one experience that I remember I auditioned for a director and the lead of the film. And this was the movie Little Man Tate. And the person who interviewed me was Jodie Foster, um, who, who cast, you know, was she was casting, she was the director of it. So she was there and I got to audition with her. Um, and it did, I thought it was very cool, but it did certainly add uh, another element of anxiety to me. Um, and, you know, I remember, a good deal about my life auditioning as a kid. Some things are harder to picture the memories as strongly as this one, because I remember going there and this would be an embarrassing story for me had I not been a child when this happened, but I was a child and children do silly things. And I'm comfortable telling this story because of that fact. So she, I remember she asked me, have, I been, have you been signing autographs for people? Have you been meeting people and signing autographs? And, you know, there was a there was a situation that happened like a week before or something. I was in a bowling alley and someone asked for an autograph and I signed a shoe at the bowling alley. 
And I remember telling her that story. And I think as kids often do to make stories more exciting, they tell meaning, meaningless lies that have nothing to do with anything. And there's no benefit to telling some silly lie other than making, trying to be interesting, I guess. I had the pressure of that with her. So I told her for some unknown reason that oh, I signed, yeah, I signed an autograph for a kid at a bowling alley, but I signed it with a disappearing ink pen. I thought that was funny to me for some reason, but I didn't, being seven years old or whatever, I didn't really think it through because her response to that was, well, that wasn't very nice. And I was like, oh shit, I fucked up. And so my, my quick thinking, although equally dumb, if not dumber, said to her, oh, no, it was disappearing ink, but it was, it was disappearing and then reappearing. And she looked at me like, so this audition ends and I walked downstairs like this to my mom downstairs. And she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, I lied to Jodie Foster and she knew. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that to this day as being a, a silly thing I did as a child. And, and uh, you know, you, you live and you learn. But uh there was one quick when I was a kid that I remember I had a line. This was right after Child's Play. And I, I was in my head already too much at, at that point after Child's Play 2. Because there was a big time between when we finished Child's Play 2, I still auditioned for years and wasn't getting anything for whatever reason. But I remember I had a, a line, the first line of the read. Someone said something and I go, what guy? And instead of just being natural, like what guy? I like really laid it on like, what guy? Or so I did something silly. And I remember someone from the back of the room went, <laughs> like, right as I said that line. And I, that was it. I was done. I had no chance after that. I was just like, I'm terrible. <laughs> you know, and, and I was shot. I was shot. Um, I think that's a perfect segue for us to go into our interview with, uh, with Teo. And Lexa. Me too. I, I, we had a great time talking to them. Uh, Teo Briones and Lexa Doig both just lovely uh people and terrific actors mm -hmm. and uh it's it's yeah another another interview that's our privilege to talk to them so without any further ado here is our interview with junior wheeler teo brionis and brie wheeler lexa doig enjoy Don't fuck with all right let's Chuck. see if we got them here teo is should be with us here we will bring him in Hello. Hi, Teo. Hey. And here's oh. Lexa. Hello. Hi, Lexa. Oh. Thank Hi. you both for joining us. So good to see you guys. Of course. Of course Thank yeah. you for having us. Yeah. This uh, the Chucky family is a tight knit bunch, so we're so oh, happy yeah. to have you guys uh, on board with us. Uh, it's been a fun few months. I know. Uh, the fans are all excited about the show, as we are, and uh, this was just a good chance for us to chat with you guys about your experience and working together and, um, you know, being part of this uh, Chucky franchise and legacy that has uh, affected so many people in this world. Um, so we have a bunch of questions for you. Got some fan questions, got some fun questions. Um, Want to really start at the, at the top here for you guys. Um, Teo, you 
grew up in a family of performers. Uh, you the earlier, I'm sure your earliest memories in life, much like mine, we started at a same, similar time, was being a performer. I, I'm yeah. sure you doubt, I doubt you remember much else before that. Yeah, no, not really. I think the first thing I really remember doing was I was in a choir. I was in like children's choir of some some production of the musical Joseph Technicolor Dreamcoat, I think. Oh. And I was I was in the children's choir for that when I was like four. And then when I was five, I think I had my first audition because, you know, my sister, my mom, and my dad, they were all always going out for auditions. And I was like, when am I going to have an audition? <laughs> and they're like, all right, I guess it's time. Do you remember at all as it was going, if you knew right away this was something for you or did you have hesitations like maybe I'm not the performer in the family? It's interesting. I think it never crossed my mind that, oh, is this something I want to do? I think it was just sort of, yeah, ever since I can remember, I've just been just acting and I just love it so much. It's like my favorite thing. So that's awesome. So Lexa, I, I want to ask you this sort of similar question, but I want to just preface it by saying like people ask me all the time how I got started and it's all, it's, it's sort of a pointless question because how it never is the same for any two people. So I wonder what, what inspired you to try and, uh, and how, how to go. I had always wanted to actually be an actor, like since I was a child, child, like kindergarten. Um, but didn't know how to get into it. So I just thought maybe modeling would be a way in. And, and uh, thankfully I had a modeling agent that would send me out on commercial auditions because I'm short, I'm not tall enough to be a model. So um, that's kind of how I got into like the working aspect of it. And the upside is, is like when you're late teens, early twenties and not hideous to look at, you'll book commercials. Yeah. And that's how you get your you get your permits and then you get into the union that way, which is kind of how it happened for me in terms of being a professional. So there are two specific uh, projects of yours that I want to talk about, one each before Chucky came into your lives. For you, Lexa, it would have to be Jason X, which yeah, I think you know, <laughs> horror fans, yeah. Horror fans, horror fans are a huge fan of your work and that, um, and that, you know, franchise, obviously. What was your experience in that film that, like, what stood out to you as uh, the most memorable takeaway from doing that? The cool, the, one of the cool thing was, is the kills. That's my favorite thing about horror, mm. is the creative ways, the, it sounds awful, but the fun and creative ways of killing people. And I think my favorite kill in that one was when uh, the character Adrian, or is that the actress's name? It was so long ago. Oh, I'm old. Um, got her head stuck in in liquid nitrogen and then smashed. Oh wow! Oh yeah! It was so cool. Yeah. Like we were all actually standing there behind watching it, going, ee! "It was yeah, it was pretty funky." So, Lexa, you you survived Jason only to ultimately get killed by Chucky, mm. which yeah, uh, I guess that makes Chucky tougher than Jason. Hey? A little bit, a little bit. I gotta say. Gotta say. So, so Teo, I. One project that I have to ask you about for sure is Ratchet. Um, now, first of all, uh, you, you got to work with your dad in that, which must have been really awesome. Uh, that, was, and- that was really cool. One of, the, one of the highlights of my career, definitely, especially since he got to lobotomize me, which was, which was very fun. <laughs> I, think, 
that was awesome. Spectacular in that. Your dad is. Yeah, he was fucking crushes it in that. He's pretty cool. He's yeah, yeah John John was unbelievable in that role, and 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 so were you. Um, thank I you. Mean, I, thank you. It was really, you know, I maybe not your first like real dark role, but you could tell that you fit well in these dark characters. Um, and I find it very interesting that you went from a guy who gets uh, a kid who gets lobotomized for having too many daydreams. You segued from that into the nightmares of working with Chucky. Yeah. I want to talk to you guys about your audition process. First of all, Teo, um, what was your awareness of Chucky when you got this audition to begin with? I mean, obviously, I'd heard of Chucky, and it's, you know, a huge, like, just name in pop culture. So, you know, um, so when I actually got the audition, and then I got a callback before um, I, like, sat down with Don or anything, I was like, all right, let me watch some of these movies. And I watched a few of the movies and I just fell in love with the with the aesthetic and the 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 feel, just just the vibe of the movies. But there's something about um Chucky that wasn't quite full on horror. You know what I mean? That it was an amalgamation an amalgamation of so many different kinds of movies that you know I just I just fell in love with the franchise so much and then um when I talked to Don I felt like I felt like such a geek I was like geeking out on the movies when I was talking to Don and 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 it was really it was really amazing because when I first talked to him too I could just tell how much he loved this franchise and how much he um he cared about making it as amazing as possible and, you know, making sure that he really got the right actors. And um, I just, from the first, you know, moment talking to him, I could tell that he was going to be an amazing, just director, showrunner, just creative person to have on set. And so I was like, yeah, I got, I got to do this. And also I fell in love with the character. And when he was explaining the character, he explained it, in such a way that I was just like, I I just need I just need to do the show. I this this is this is me. Junior is 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 me. Well, I, I can tell you, uh, you know, I've known Don since I was a child, thirty four years, and I still geek out every time I talk to him too. And and not only does he have such a passion for this franchise, obviously, but what a passion for films. In yeah, general, yeah. You know, uh, Lexi, the audition process for you. How did that go? How did Chucky find his way into your life? Um, it was funny because I was actually doing another project when I was asked to self-tape for Chucky. And um, I actually said no initially because of the going to Toronto, because I'm Vancouver based and just because of the logistics of it. And then it sort of came back. It's like, they really need, I think this is probably after they cast you, Tao, because it's like, they really need somebody who's Filipino mm. um, to uh, play this part. So could you please? It was just another job until I spoke to Don. And after I was cast and the deal was done and everything like that, uh, it was, you know, Don would love to have a Zoom meeting with you. And I had a Zoom meeting with Don and I got off the Zoom with him and I looked at my husband and I was like, this is going to be kind of cool. Like he just described to me my character's death, which it's funny because we were talking about this earlier. I'm a, I'm a bit of a geek for cool deaths, although after having kids, it's weird. Now that I'm older, it's sort of like, <gasps> All I felt was for Junior. 
<laughs> when John was described by character Seth, I'm like, oh my gosh, poor Julia, that poor kid. Oh my, that's so traumatizing. <gasps> oh my, like I just suddenly turned into mom. Um, and uh, yeah, but I was actually got really excited about doing it once I talked to Don. Okay. You, got, you, okay. you have, in my opinion, the most glorious death in the entire Chucky franchise. I definitely want to talk. I definitely want to talk about your death. We're going to talk, going to talk about that for sure. I have a lot of things to say about that. It's actually my, <laughs> it's my favorite death ever. Um, it's a good death. And yeah. I think part, it's not, it's no small part of the power of the death that you land on Junior. You land on Junior. That I mean, mm -hmm. I, I yeah. in a room with people like, oh my god, don't please don't land on the kid. Don't land on the kid. Yeah. You know. It's it's gloriously beautiful and cinematic, and then unbelievably devastating. Uh, it's just really perfect death. Well, it does it does what it's supposed to do, which yeah. is, you know, send Junior off the deep end. Yeah, so I couldn't agree more. I think I think it was so beautifully shot, and um, it's it's a day on set that I really wish I had asked them to drive me to set on my day off to watch. What was the practical side of filming that? Like, how was that done? They they had come up with all these different ideas um, of like hanging me by wires and um, and basically shooting it. So instead of, you know, initially had, had created this rig that looked uh, suspiciously gynecological because <laughs> I was lying on my back with like my legs kind of up in these stirrup things and they were going to have the camera over top like this shooting while I went, ah! like this um and then there was another question of like hanging me on wires but putting the camera this way and it turned into just me sitting on a bicycle seat on a green bicycle seat in front of a green screen while they blew fans behind me and i went like this ah! <laughs> that's basically that's what it was it really wasn't and they they pulled the camera back and then everything else is like this effects afterwards and my stunt double went actually through the glass they actually um, shot that in the parking lot of the of the studio. Oh, okay. They built um, a big like sort of side of a right. building and just she just jumped off of it. Wow. That's pretty amazing. cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. My yeah, my death um was supposed to be very different. And I and I was a little disappointed when it was changed because it was changed a lot. But I'm actually really happy with how it turned out because now my death was a little more intimate, especially and I, you know, had got to have an, a nice moment with um, Lexi. That's her character's name. Um, I almost said Allie. Uh, got to have a nice intimate moment with Lexi, and also the setting was really beautiful. Like, be behind the the screen with Frankenstein playing in the background. Sort of the way the way I like to think about it was sort of like I'm sort of like the Frankenstein that Chucky created almost i'm like the monster that he created which i i mean i'm I, that's probably what don was going for um and i think i think it was it was a really cool death and i'm very happy with how it turned out i'm also really happy with how your death turned out lexa that's very very cool well you were amazing like you're but just the whole look of shock and Thank horror you. like and on your face was just so good what yeah, i really loved yeah, about yeah. that Oh, go ahead, Christine. Hey, your face, you you are, your face is uh, the majority of my favorite moments in the show. You're, um, you radiate so much uh, intelligence without doing anything. It's really interesting to watch. And that Beautiful. scene where you charge Jake in the driveway of the house and you charge to confront him and 
I think it's the last episode or the next to last episode. Sixth episode. Six. Six. Yeah. Um, your face is so fucking intense, and I, it's like it, I, I like my I, I feel I feel it in my chest when I watch you charge him, and it's just thank you amazing. One thing I wasn't super happy about with that scene was I was sort of I had to walk a certain way because I was wearing weird shoes and the driveway was like stone with cracks in the in in between each of them so I had to walk in a certain way and also the wind was blowing and my hair they sort of you know they they what they did to my hair is they they keep it together so in the scene if you watch it back my hair that's flops up it. and down <laughs> that's my it's because it, 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 it gives such intensity to your approach because it's, it's like there's wind in your hair you're coming at him so fast i think that adds to it so be happy i love that too i mean i i took note of that also like your hair was kind of blown and, and it just it added to the uh intensity of what you were feeling in that that's good yeah it did back to back to uh Bree's death which Yes, I loved because of the cinematic beauty of it and and the intense trauma of it and the holy shit moment that it was. I just wanted to add one little point about that death scene. Um, I, I love the, the setup of the cart and everything crashing into the, the car. Because as you're falling, everybody thinks, no, don't land on, don't, don't even let Junior see this. And right. then not only do you see it, it's so right in your face. Right. And I have to say, I don't know if this was done in ADR or not, but that scream that you let out, uh, Teo, was so <laughs> chilling um, and perfect. Thank you. And really Thank you. captured the uh, anguish of the trauma that the viewer felt as for, for your character. I mean, it was really just spot on. Thank you. You know, it, it starts off with uh, you being a pretty big dick to Jake in that first dinner scene. Um, and I'm curious, in your own way into this character, what do you think Junior's motivation was for giving him so much shit to begin with? Like, wh oh. why do you think there was an animosity there that, that uh, was it jealousy? Was it envy? Was it, uh, you know? It's, it's more just he needs somewhere to... I mean, I, he, he, he doesn't have a problem with Jake. He, he doesn't really have a problem with Jake at all. And that's why he's, he is a little bit more sympathetic towards him when, you know, Lexi and, you know, like Oliver and um, all those other people do, you know, mean stuff. Yeah. But it's just his father is so, ah, and just not, he's just not a good dad and just puts a lot of stress and yeah, just, puts the weight of the world is what it feels like to junior on on junior's shoulders and he just he just needs to vent yeah vent and he he doesn't do it in a in a good way i don't condone venting by being homophobic or being an asshole um but he's just even though he's rich and um you know jake's very poor and you know they had junior argue, arguably has a better you know more comfortable life his home life still is not perfect and there's a lot a lot of problems there and that i think that's where jake and junior also have a lot of similarities they really aren't very different at all um but what you're saying i think i agree with entirely and i think uh you can kind of tell that at, at some level, I think it was just busting chops and, and being yeah. like, you know, 
the older cousin, I take him as slightly older, you know, um, actually, I think he is right. But uh, I also noticed that, you know, I think Junior feels like, you know, I can, I can mess with him, but I, that doesn't mean that everyone around me should. And he does feel right. a little sense of protection to the character, especially mm -hmm. in that very uh, disturbing scene where Lexi is dressed up uh, yeah. at the Halloween party. And you, Junior's you horrified by that. He's absolutely horrified. Because, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. also his uncle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it's his uncle and it is his cousin. And right. you can tell that that this is a girl that he has a lot of feelings for, but this was so over the line for him, you know? Uh, yeah. Surprising that he wasn't more eager to kind of distance himself right at that moment, you know? Right. But it just it shows the feelings he had for, for her. Uh, I got to talk to you, Teo, about one of the best, most interesting things about your character is the turn, the, the turn right. after everything has collapsed in this kid's life. Um, as an actor, that must have been really fun to shift gears yeah. like that. It was very fun. Um, I've never, I mean, this is by far the most interesting, you know, complex and rounded character I've ever played um, because he starts out in a place and ends in a very, very deep, he ends up dead. I've, I, well, for, that's another thing. I've never, I've never died. I've never died before. That was really cool. But the transition from, you know, who Junior was to, you know, who he, you know, ended as was so, so fun to play. Cause I mean, it's, it's like I got to play multiple different characters in a, in, in one show because each each stage in the show he was he was just dramatically different and i got to explore a lot of different you know tones with the character and it was so interesting the most unique acting experience i've, I've ever had I, well, I, 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 but go on it's, it's so john to take, to take a show that i think a franchise that could be easily underestimated yeah, the nature of it and, and to have the writing be so intelligent yeah. and sophisticated is great. And it's it, it, you just did a beautiful job with it, Tao. I, I feel like a proud mama, but <laughs> thank you no, so very think, much. Think, no credit for it. I think you both did a similar thing. I think you both took complicated characters that had some qualities that aren't necessarily immediately likable mm -hmm. and made them both likable all the way through, even, even with the flaws that they had. And even like I felt bad for Junior, even when he turned, I still felt bad for him. You know, I mean, really, you shouldn't like him. He killed his dad, but I'm glad that I was able to play the character well enough. And but his dad know, was an asshole. Yes, his dad like, was an that's asshole. That's kind of True. what it comes down to in some yeah. respects too. I gotta say that was a pretty cool death too. Logan's death. Oh yeah, yeah. that was that was that was, cool. that was my favorite scene to film for sure. That's like camp ultimate camp fun like oh yeah being beaten to death by chucky <laughs> but like not by chucky right yeah <laughs> chucky and then and then i start singing the go-go's that was that's the greatest that was so great i know oh, it was awesome uh if i could go back uh to just one one more part about uh lexa your character brie um you had a bit of a turn yourself sort of be because in the beginning of the season, 
people certainly questioned your motives. And if you were, everyone thought you were cheating, you know, you had a secret and everybody thought you were cheating. And then you have that big reveal that it was cancer. Um, And I think that, you know, so much sincerity came across in that revelation. Um, And I think you really nailed that. But uh, the character makes a decision to not seek treatment. Uh, And she's young to to make that decision. You know, it seems to me. Um, so what were your thoughts on that? Was there, was there, did you relate to that? Did you feel like so? I didn't, uh, that, that was actually a challenge for me because I was like, I, I disagreed. I mean, it's always, I mean, every actor I think has that experience where they look at the choices that their character makes and they sort of go, I disagree. I disagree. I have to find that place inside of myself to make this truthful where I would, you know, what, what are the, what are the mental gymnastics or the mental circumstances I had to create for myself that, um, that uh, uh, allow me to believe that this is a valid choice. I still wouldn't make it for myself personally, or at least I, I don't think I would, um, which is why I think like I made the choice that right before Brie dies, she changes her mind and then she dies. Right. So, which is, you know, the ultimate kind of, um, thanks, Chucky, you fuck. Um, but uh, it was the it was choosing certainty over uncertainty. Yeah. Great, that's a, a great answer. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I think you guys, the chemistry between you two is very obvious. You you were you were perfect perfect people to play these characters. Um, perfect actors for it. And, and I sense that you had a lot of. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of similarities. You both. Uh, Filipino heritage. You're both actors for a long time. You both started with gymnastics. That was one of the coolest things because the first time I talked yeah. to Don and he told me I got the part, I was like, hey, about my mom, can you like, and before I even finished my sentence, I was going to say, can you make sure that it's played by an actual Filipino actress? Filipino, yeah. Um, he was like, don't worry, we are looking for strictly Filipino actresses. And I was like, Thank you so much. That's so cool. <laughs> and that was really, that was, that was really impressive. And I think that speaks to just how inclusive when it comes to every aspect the show is. Yeah. The show is so, um, it, it just won a GLAAD award, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's, I'm just super, super happy with how, you know, representation was handled yeah. with the show. Representation. Was I was so, I was so excited because when I talked to Don, that, that Zoom meeting that I had with him just after I was cast, and he had sort of said to me, he's like, "Send me notes. Tell me anything you want about like you know, like the the little details that I was so appreciative that they had. Like I sort of I was joking about things like there's any Filipino knows what I'm talking about when I talk about the wooden fork and spoon that's up somewhere in your house guaranteed you've got a fork and spoon or you've got the tinny cling dancers or you've got like you know it's like little details like I said rice cooker is never going to be in a drawer it's going to be on the counter why because it's used all the time like all these little details the fact that they cared enough to put together a meal which wasn't a hundred percent but they tried they tried I really appreciate it yeah and I really appreciated that they they you know um uh put together a meal that was uh had Filipino dishes, like traditional Filipino dishes and stuff. Like, so I really appreciated that. The and... nice white lady tried to. <laughs> <laughs> I did appreciate it. She did a, you know, she, she did a, 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 
a very good job for somebody who probably wasn't that familiar with the cuisine. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, God bless. I'm, I'm glad to hear you guys both said it because I was going I saw a, an interview with you once, like, so where you mentioned George Takai when you're growing up, the George Takai was the only representation you saw on television mm -hmm. uh, for the AAPI community. And um, I wanted to ask about that with this show. And this show really does seem inclusionary uh, of not just uh, race, but, you know, gay kids and it just seems oh, very yeah. so I wonder what what you guys feel about that I love I loved it because Don gets it like he gets that it's it's a big deal but not to hang a lantern on it yeah right? that's because one of my biggest problems with uh, just like I, I guess representation a lot of the time it feels forced mm -hmm. and when it, it feels, feels forced it's just like yeah when it feels forced it just like what is the point of this this isn't helping anything you're just doing this so that oh look we represented these people in our movie yeah give me a give me a gold yeah. coin but it, it really it just felt natural which yeah. which was yeah. awesome it you can't take the culture the color without the culture mm -hmm. right and that's where dawn was like really cool about just allowing it organically and naturally to be brought into it and i also saw it with the relationship between um, with the boys, it's like, it's like, it's this beautiful teenage love story, right? And it's full of all the awkwardness and the the self-doubt and the, you know, the questioning and all the things that you see in a straight relationship is there in a gay relationship and they're not hanging a lantern on it. Yeah. Like it's a gay thing. It's yeah. just kids that yeah. really like each other and are trying not to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Alex and I have both, noted that as far as that love story that it's just it's just it just and it just happened to be two boys isn't that that's, yeah and yeah, that, it's and not about that yeah yeah, yeah. Part, i loved it and no one gives them shit except for the little bit of junior you know like that's just not an issue and i think that's such a contemporary position to take because kids nowadays don't have to take issue with these things anymore kids are so much no. more minded than they ever were like when i was growing up you know mm -hmm. john's just a fucking genius mm-hmm Cool. Oh, there's no doubt there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have a couple fun, uh, easy either or questions that are just quick and and fun. Well, one of them might be a challenge, but the other is going <laughs> to be easy for you. Uh, so I'll just ask it, and I'll go to Teo first, and then you, Lexa. Okay. Uh, Teo, horror or comedy? Comedy. I'm going to go with comedy as well, just because I don't get to do it very often. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of relate to, um, Teo. I, I think I know the answer to this, but rock or pop? Rock. Yeah. <laughs> um, are we talking like I'm gonna go rock? Oh yeah. What? Well, actually, what era of pop? Yeah, exactly. Because I'm down with pop from the '80s. Yeah. Not gonna lie. But um, not in generalities. Generalities. Both as rock, but. Probably yeah, rock. I'll go. I'll go rock if we're gonna yeah. put it across all of the decades. Uh, the beach or the woods? The woods. Woods, for sure. I yeah. agree there. I don't really like the beach, honestly. I really don't either. I live in Florida. You it's a bit whiff sometimes. Yeah, and the thing is, we live in California, and my parents are always like, "Oh, let's go to the beach," but I don't enjoy it, and I feel like I don't feel like a real Californian because I just don't. I just don't enjoy the beach. I just, it's just, I just find it boring. I just don't like sitting. Me too. I don't like getting the sun. I, for, I don't yeah, like the sand. I don't like the sun. I don't. Yeah, I don't. sand. 
Yeah, I'm really down for I'm, I, I like the sun. Um, I don't like getting sand in all over the place, but yeah. I'm also biased because I live in Vancouver. We've got the best forests here. Mm. Like five minutes away coastline. from my house. You got a beautiful coastline too. I can go years without seeing the beach too. So don't feel bad. I live yeah. in Hollywood and I can go five years and not see the ocean. So I was, I was going to ask this one, but I might fuck up the pronunciation of one of these. Uh, adobo or pancit? Is that how you say it? Pancit. Good, yeah. Pancit. pancit. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's like asking me to choose a favorite child. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're not all easy. Uh, yeah. Some, uh, some pancit, I'll take over some adobo, and some adobo yeah. will take over pancit. That's, that's what I'll say. Because there's like like I'm, like, uh, like uh, Alexa said um, earlier, lots of different regions in ways that yeah. different food is cooked in the Philippines. So, yeah, like there's my favorite kind of pancit is pancit setanghon, which is like with uh, the glass noodles. Yeah, but then you can have like pancit Shanghai, which is like a little bit more of a Chinese kind of vibe, and um, adobo. It's like. I'm down for a good chicken adobo pretty much any time, but pork adobo, not always. All right, I'm gonna put you on the spot now with a tough one. One more, one more each. This one's just Uh-oh. for Teo. Teo, music or acting? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can't ask me that question. I mean, we spent the whole podcast talking about acting, but look behind me. I know. There's, there's more. There's more. I, I, I can't. I can't answer that. I, okay, I'll try though. If I were to do something, because here's the thing. I, I'll pro- if I keep acting, you know, as my career, which I hopefully will, I'll probably stop. I'll probably retire at a certain point mm-hmm. but with music even when i get older i mean I, I, it's, it's music you could you could just keep doing it so i guess that's one thing but if i had i could I, I couldn't give up music because you can't always be acting because you need to get a job to do that but you can always be doing music so i'd probably have to choose music so much i agree with that bills with the music though music is very difficult to pay bills with Yes. So is yes. acting in, in I know, but yeah, yeah, it is. I agree with I agree with your, your answer and reasoning though. Um okay now I'm gonna put you on the spot, Lexa. Jason or Chucky. I'm gonna go with Chucky. Just because the experience of it was uh, to be honest with you, personally, it was really quite challenging to be in Toronto. Um, it was very difficult for me to be away from my family and it was like mental health wise, a little bit of a mind fuck again, to be away from my family for that length of time, because I haven't been, um, but creatively, all of the creative people involved in the show, uh, were amazing. Like the cast that I got to meet and work with, um, Dawn, like the directors for the most part. And I'm, I don't mean that to be shady. It's just, I didn't work with all of them. Um, I don't think. Uh, and like, there was so much creatively about it. That was so much more rewarding. 
been working on Jason X and again, different mediums. Like one was a movie, we shot it in six weeks. And then, you know, this, I was in Toronto for four and a half months, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so is it, you know, it was a bit of a different experience in that regard. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm going to go Chucky because there's like a camp quality to Chucky, like the humor that sort of like, even the whole thing about like Jennifer pretending to be Jennifer. Oh yeah. Is yeah. so meta and so amazing, right? Like it, there's just so, um, it's so amazing about it. So I got to say Chucky. Yeah. All right. That's a good answer. All right. (laughs) So I have one fan question for you. I I put it out there to the fans to ask questions. And I got one that was interesting. Um, Just kind of a kind of a quick answer about it. But uh, Jesse, one, one, three, triple zero, asked, (laughs) what were your reactions to finding out that your characters would die? I was very excited. personally. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, uh, I wasn't surprised. If that makes any sense, just because you know it's a it's a horror, so you kind of know going into it um, that the chances are high you're going to die. Obviously, um, and I was gotta say I'm with Tail. I was really excited when Don um, told me how my character was going to die initially. And again, not going to spill any secrets about what the initial plan for her death was. Um, because I think the one that wound up on screen was pretty spectacular on its own. Uh, yeah. That uh, I was I was really excited. Yeah, I'm mean, excited. I would think so. I mean, of course, of course, I'm happy my characters stuck around for a long time. But if I were getting this as a new project to find out I'm being killed by Chucky, I mean, that sounds like an exciting thing. Like, how could it's that? It's kind of iconic, right? Of like, course, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll know what that's like one day. Or maybe yeah. I'll kill him someday. Who knows? I yeah. mean you have killed him a couple times. Yeah, yeah I know, but none of it takes. It never takes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thank you guys both so much for coming on and, and chatting with us. Really gave me a lot of more insight. I know the fans are super gonna appreciate it. And and just for for taking this whole um your roles and and in this uh franchise that has meant so much in our lives for so long uh, and we'll be there with you forever I mean, when chucky tells you he's your friend to the end he's not fucking around uh (laughs) forever um and we thank you so much for that thank you guys again so very much really so happy to have you here and i can't wait to see you guys again soon yeah me too of course thank you so much for having us thank you so much for having us yeah great thanks guys oh yeah thanks bye bye so good to have talked to them. They were interesting and fun and exciting. And I know that this means a lot to them, which is, you know, great, great to hear and know that they took this uh, as seriously as we do. You know, that this means as much to them as, as us. And that's obvious and that's awesome. Um, I'm sad they both died because they're favorite characters of mine. I'm a fan of Junior and Brie. So maybe- Well, the Chucky that- universe, you never know. You never know. Uh, But thank you guys so much for watching. Please tune in next week, Tuesday at 10 o'clock, where we're going to break down episode two, Give Me Something Good to Eat, the Halloween special. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lots to unpack in that episode. We're very excited to do that for you and to have you with us for that next week. See you next Tuesday, 10 o'clock. See you next Tuesday.